It's a new day, new president, new week, new start to a new decade. I hope this is a new chapter for your business. Today, we're going to talk about inspecting what you expect, technician and ISR productivity, managing to a big board, handling standing meetings, how to know our numbers, share our numbers, and lead by the numbers to become an employer of choice. Welcome to Today in Trades. I'm Caleb. This is Jim. Did you We're say back. Calvin? <laughs> no, I didn't say Calvin. See if people are paying attention. We'll get them there. And we're visual too. Now we're going to go on YouTube. If you don't like listen to us on Spotify or iTunes, um, go ahead and find us on YouTube. Well, if you um, want to know what our faces look like, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm a little better looking than Jim, but if you need to I wouldn't, see... <laughs> I wouldn't promote it. I wouldn't promote the faces that much. All right. Well, today's a great day. Um, we're going to talk about the concept of a big board. Um, how do we track our technician productivity? Um, a big board and a standing meeting. And we have a bunch of cool stuff for you. So buckle in. We're going to break it into three main sections. We're going to break it into know your numbers, why that's important. Share your numbers with a weekly standing meeting. We're going to talk about how to do that. And then finally, and most important, we're going to talk about leading by the numbers. How do we do that in the service industry? How do we do that in our businesses, um, both for technicians as well as our salespeople, maybe your, your front desk ISRs? So it's a packed day-to-day. -day. We're going to get into it. First, I want to thank BidClips for making this possible. Um, if you want to know more about BidClips, please go to BidClips.com. We're excited to get rolling. Let's get underway. So our first topic, Jim, is know your numbers. So most companies just work and, and don't really track their effectiveness. In terms of real life examples, uh, we recently in our company started a call competition between our teams. And we, just for a little brief background, we have three different teams that our company split into that answers phones for multiple locations. This week, we started a two-week uh, competition where we're testing to see who has the highest answer rate. And this week has just been a terrible week for my team in terms of typically we're one of the top teams of the three in terms of answer rate. And they've just, we've just fallen off a cliff. It's like, as soon as the numbers are present and in our faces, we just suck. And so let's talk more about knowing your numbers when they're in front of you, how that helps and how, how it can really benefit your company. Well, I really appreciate you sharing Caleb. That's why we, we want to have these discussions because whether you're running a, a sales team in our industry, um, estimators or, or front desk or, or call people, or more importantly, I think, and for most of us, you're running technicians. Uh, we have to be able to, to know our numbers. I think some of the reasons people don't know their numbers is they're hard. First of all, they don't know where to go get them. They don't make the time to, to track them and they, it's not easy enough. You know, we get really busy, so it's not easy to go get a scoreboard. First of all, BigClips created a calculator called the Big Board Calculator. So you can go to bigclips.com forward slash big board. And on there, it's a very easy, very straightforward sheet, essentially, where you can enter your the names of your team. You can put the, the sales numbers that they produced. Um, then you can put the hours that they worked in any period. Um, most companies, we do it by the week because each week, it's good to have a weekly meeting to talk about it. But you could do it for the month. You can do it for the year. It's whatever you want to do. We also put in there the ability to put a goal for your team as each person's got a different goal, you know, different roles, different skill sets. And you can put a goal and then you can, you can basically put that in. It takes just a few minutes. You can do it anytime you want. 
And then at that time, you can either show this big board to your team on a, on a monitor or a TV in your um, waiting room or around a flat glass table, or maybe around the water cooler, and you can make it available. You can also print it as a PDF and give it to everybody. We made that for you. Please go use it. It's bidclips.com forward slash big board. And just go take a look. You, I know you'll like it. Um, you just enter your email and you can use that tool all the time, every single week. Um, please feel free to use that. That's for you. Now, let's talk about um, why um, productivity numbers are important. Because this next section we're going to talk about, how to share them, that's key. So first of all, if you don't know your numbers, go find them. Use Bigboard, work with your accountant, your bookkeeper. Really what we need to be able to know is what's the productivity for the amount of hours somebody is working. That can be sales. You know, how, how many sales did that person produce and how many hours did they work? It can be production for technicians. How, many, how much production did they do? And then the hours that they worked. It's a very straightforward calculation. It's not perfect, but it's a great indicator on how productive we are. All right. So yeah, knowing your numbers is important. Let's, let's move on to the second topic, which is sharing your numbers. So you already highlighted just briefly um, how you think there should be a weekly meeting. What does that entail for business owners? What, what would that look like from your perspective? You know, this was one of the things that um, we did really well when I ran my companies. Um, standing meetings, we called them, are a crucial uh, weekly meeting. We call this standing meeting for a couple of reasons. First of all, what we did was we would have all the technicians and our ISRs. Everyone basically would come every week. Uh, it was on Tuesday morning. We'd stand around the flat glass table. Everyone can have their coffee and we'd be standing. The reason we stand is because it keeps us focused on the meeting. It generally keeps the meeting short so you don't go on and on and take forever. Not that I've ever done that before. No, um, It keeps you, it keeps Very you concise, focused. Jim. I'm always concise. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and it keeps you standing, it keeps you focused. And then also you can highlight stand-up performances. Um, call that cheesy, but it's a great way once a week to just talk about something stand-up that happened, whether that's um, a technician beat their productivity goal for the week. Maybe they um, finished a couple big jobs, which helped their production be really strong. A stand-up performance might've been how someone helped another person to meet their goals. But the whole meeting is focused around how productive were we the week before? And then what are we going to do this week to beat last week? Now, a lot of times in business, Caleb, we track things by the month, right? Maybe the quarter. Well, that's Early. too that's yeah. too long because in a month, you know, now you're, now you're looking back at the why. Each week is like taking one step at a time when you're hiking up a trail, you're trying to, to meet a goal. One step at a time, one week at a time. So I highly encourage you to use these standing meetings. I've used them for technicians. I've used them for sales teams. Just get together, take the big board off of bigclips.com forward slash big board. Again, take the numbers, look at them. It's that easy. And you can say, Caleb, congratulations. You did 250 bucks an hour last week. Can you tell us um, how you did that? And you just share the numbers. You share them lightheartedly and you focus on the, the leaders, the hot hand, try not to focus. It's hard as a manager, man. It, I just sometimes want to be like, yep. okay, good job, everybody, except Caleb, right? right. Or you want to focus Tom. on the... Try not to like make the person that's maybe at the bottom of the ranking list um, feel bad. Don't focus on the bottom. Focus on the 80-20 rule, right? Focus on that top 20% of your performers as much as you can. Well, and even to, to go beyond that, we want more to focus on, people love to, receive positive feedback. 
as as opposed to the people that don't do as well, maybe you want to figure out why that happened, right? That would be the more more of the the motivation for me. If people are not able to sell the way they are capable of of it, why is that happening? Is it something within their personal life? I mean, it goes back to being a coach, or is it just the tools that you've equipped them with are not adequate for them to succeed that particular time period? So we want to focus on the why for that, and then praise the people that are doing well. Very good. It, you know, that's a that's a good point. And rather than um, just start hammering the numbers, and we're going to talk about leading by the numbers next, but instead of hammering things, um, open up the floor for questions and answers. Let your top performers in your company kind of guide the rest. You know, just talk about, hey, how did you do that? How did you do it with minimal mistakes? How were you able to get that handled? And, and they'll tell you, and, and it's, it's interesting. And the bigger section is going to be lead by the numbers. But if you're not sharing them every week, your company can easily get complacent. Um, your technicians can start to, um, you know, just, just kind of be busy, you know, and how many of us have, have looked busy just to, to act like we're more important, or maybe, maybe we are, maybe we're just busy. And more importantly, what usually happens, we start focusing on the wrong things, you know, cleaning up the desk, um, cleaning up your, your, your van, running around doing warranty, et cetera, instead of focusing on what can I do to be productive? What can I do to contribute to the company's um, bottom line and the health, the health of our organization. So now, now this is uh, the next section, lead by the numbers. This is important, especially to Caleb and I, because we are both uh, coaches. We both um, have managed teams and this is so much easier written down on paper than to do. So we're going to talk about how do we lead by these numbers well, that creates a productive and a great culture and not a negative culture or one that can be maybe dehumanizing. So Caleb, why don't you talk a little bit about how you have used numbers with your team and how you've applied some of your coaching techniques. In terms of numbers, especially in a sales team, they're always present. As long as I've been with this company, we've been very cognizant of our numbers just day to day because it was always commission-based. And so with commission, it was important for each individual salesman to know how much they were selling to be able to calculate how much they were making on each paycheck. Um, Now it's less important, but still is something that we've always kind of hung our hats on in terms of statistically how you're performing, what our win percentage is, what our unsold bids are that are out there, and then what we've sold for a certain period of time. In terms of my strategy, we don't focus a ton week to week. I mean, we do typically go over some calls at the end of every week, um, performance-wise, to talk about how we can do better. But it's more of a monthly type of evaluation with with the way that things are structured currently. So um, we just like to go over how how we did month to month with each client, how we did with our answer rate, and then it comes down to win percentage as well. So numbers, just being able to see those every day and really to reference those. And like I said before, as I referenced before, if people are struggling in certain categories, then what's the root cause of that? But if there are mistakes being made in somebody's form and their approach, we're trying to figure out why, whether that comes from the way they were originally taught, if we're trying to break bad habits that way, or if they're just trying to do too much, they think they're trying to take on a role that they don't have the talent or just really the coaching, the ability to perform then why is that happening for them, that particular motivation? 
and then beyond that with people that of course any any team any player wants to be recognized for their good performances which we already addressed at length um, but but any of that positive feedback can be really helpful and that's why the numbers are so important to have in order to if i don't know how well somebody's closing how can i commend them on it very good and this is um, this this episode is, is mostly about technicians but all of us have ISRs and estimators and salespeople as well. And they go hand in hand. And you brought up a good point, you know, for your salespeople, like an estimator or, a, or an ISR, um, you might only bonus them once a, once a month. So you could maybe do their meeting, their standing meeting could potentially be monthly. One of the reasons it's important to do it weekly for the technicians is that it, um, as a technician, our, our lives get really complicated. We have so many different jobs, so many different parts, so many different moving pieces that within the week, you can still have the time to remember it vividly and get help from each other. So if you're leading your technicians weekly in a standing meeting, this also lends to, hey, my production would have been higher except the glass was ordered incorrectly or um, they didn't get the plumbing fixtures that I needed, you know, fill in the blanks. And it becomes a really good conversation for the whole team to say, look, you're affecting Tom or Todd or John's productivity but because of this. So it becomes a real collaborative leading opportunity. And as your technicians and your salespeople are knowing that we're going to be sharing the numbers, and it's an important part of the business, they're going to start wanting to find solutions so that they can compete and be at the top of that board. When they go to the, the bar after work or they go home, everyone likes to know that they're improving. They want to know how they're doing. And this really breaks down some cultural stuff, which we're going to talk about next, which is going to be employers of choice, you know, execute this leadership. So one thing I want to bring up that is so important is that Numbers are the most important when you're running a business. We are in business to create a healthy profit so we can buy new vans, we can pay our people more, we can take care of our customers, and we can stay in business to serve them year and year again. It's not about just making money. It's about having a healthy business. So we have to know our numbers and we have to watch them. It, you know, Otherwise, we might as well um, just work for a nonprofit or we should go and, and do something that we love. But if you're in business, the goal is to have a healthy company. And so numbers are most important but listen to us. They're not everything as Caleb just talked about um, to a leader. Yeah. The stats of a player are very important. It's the measuring stick, but that's not the whole story. So it's really important to focus on the unmeasurable what's going on in their lives. Um, what's going on at home. Um, what kind of culture are you creating? That's maybe preventing them from being their best. And I'll tell you, um, I have some companies right now where they they're like, well, we need more technicians. I'm leading my team, I'm doing well. And I ask them, well, what's their productivity? They're like, well, like $70 an hour. And I'm like, you, you know, that's probably not enough to like really pay the bills. Like, do you really want to go find more technicians and lead more people and have to do more work when maybe you can get your current team to produce more? And then you, the unmeasurables are things like, um, well, you know, what are you doing with your time? well, you know, Caleb has me making coffee every morning or I'm sweeping up the shop or I'm doing all these other things. And, and, and you might look at it and say, why do I have my $30 an hour technician or 25 or whatever you pay them doing things that you could hire out for $12, $13, $14 for a college kid, or you could hire a company, the cleaning company to come in and do it. That's cheaper because if they produce more. So I just dropped a bunch of, bunch of cool stuff there, but these are leadership components that will help you to know, do I actually need more people? Are my people, do, are they doing their best work? And then three, am I actually leading and enabling them to do good work or am I creating a problem? Mm -hmm. Do I have the tools personally or am I equipping them with the tools to be successful? 
Yep. I, I bring up the cleaning one. That's a huge one, Caleb. You know, so many of my clients, they've got their technicians literally sweeping. doing work that you can sweeping that you can, that you could hire out very inexpensively and they can go pick up three or four more jobs. And a lot of times those are the same business owners who are saying to me, I need more technicians. Oh man, I need more technicians. Your technicians are in back making coffee right now. Like, mm -hmm. are you treating them like a technician, like a valuable member of your team? So that's really my first leadership question. How are they doing? And before you even think about hiring more, find out how they're doing and find out if they can do better. And if the answer is they're doing great and they're producing 200 an hour and they're focused and we've got great support staff, then yes, let's go find you some new technicians, which we have all sorts of episodes and tools for you. And finally, we're going to talk about the overarching theme, which this is all about, called how are we going to become employers of choice? You know, what do we need to do that will draw in the, the technicians and the salespeople um, that will not only want to work for us, take care of our customers, but they're also, they want to produce, they want to perform. Um, so we're going to talk about just a couple little snippets here to kind of add on to what we're doing. One of those is the things that um, technicians as well as salespeople um, are going to love and hate about sharing their numbers and, and doing standing meetings um, because how you handle their feelings about it is what's going to make you the employer of choice, the leader. So first of all, things they love, it keeps them competitive and motivated. Caleb, why have you found um, this to be important? Have you, have you noticed that uh, a difference between your, your people with this topic? Well, yeah, I, for sure, Jim. I mean, it, especially when it comes to competitions within the workplace, really, you know, setting goals that they can achieve, um, continuing to motivate salespeople is, is really important because it gets monotonous, especially, especially in, in the time that we're in now with lots of people working from home. But if you're just waking up, you're rolling out of bed, you're getting on your computer day to day, you're not doing a whole lot else. It's, it's pretty difficult to keep morale up, I would say. Um, and that's a big, a big reason why these standing meetings are important. And also um, just to have positive things that happen in their lives. I mean, you talked a little bit about how it's important to know how your people are doing, but even more so now in 2021, right? People are just really struggling, I think, day to day. So I think it's really important to have a culture in place where you as a leader are making sure that, you're, that your people know that you care about them about how they're doing beyond just how productive they are day to day. Very good. You know, it, we are, you're right. We're in a, we're in a world. I mean, both you and I are sitting here right now working from our homes when we'd rather be together. Uh, it creates a sense of complacency and bitterness, maybe a, a give up itis. And I think that um, part of becoming an employer of choice and, and, and using numbers with your team, it helps push your team through that complacency especially in the service industry. We're here to serve people. That gets exhausting, but it also gets, can be mundane sometimes. So lean into that, um, lead through that and help fight that off by letting them know that you're wanting them to be productive and that you're going to pat them on the back and you're also going to get on them when they need to be mm -hmm. done. A lot of technicians um, and salespeople love about numbers in the standing meetings. It starts to allow for bonuses, commissions, recognition. And I'm going to warn you owners that are listening, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow, but it's great when they come to you and say, look how much I'm producing. Look how much I've improved. I need a raise. Well, that's much better than them just working and being busy for a year and saying, you didn't give me a raise. So I encourage you to embrace that and say, yeah, you did. You kicked butt. Your numbers and, and what you did 
helped this company and you do deserve it. And so start teaching them that that's a better way to approach their pay instead of just, you know, Hey, I did the time, you know, I mean, yeah, time is important. Commitment is important. Longevity is important. But when you're, when you're basing people off of how they're producing, you're going to see something and it's great. Um, It also lets you just give them a pat on the back. You know, you see a technician jump from number four to number three in a week, pull them aside and say, great job, Caleb. I see you had a great week last week. I just want, you know, I'm noticing that and I'm really excited for you. Then finally, um, they start to become more focused oftentimes on mistake mitigation. Now I want you to know if you start moving your team to production, you are going to see mistakes happen because they start to hurry. They want to hurry through jobs. They want to hurry and they'll start, they can sometimes cut corners sales teams and technicians alike. So if you start leading by the numbers, you're going to see your numbers go up, but you'll likely see complaints and mistakes go up. So here's how we press into that. Teach your team that if they focus on mistake mitigation, their numbers will go up because a lot of the waste for that production number. So if you take the, the their closed sales and their hours, well, if, if some of those hours were spent on warranties, Caleb, or going back to fix mistakes by going fast, that slows them down. Imagine running a mile and then having to run back a hundred meters and pick up the baton, right? Or, or mm-hmm. it just it, teach them that by doing good work, they're going to get more done. Um, teach your salespeople that if they handle each call a little better, they won't have to take as many calls to get their sales numbers. They can close more of what's in front of them. Um, so focus on that. And uh, I think you're going to see something really magical. And then finally, the next one is, is hate. Caleb, why do sometimes salespeople and technicians alike, why do they hate when you're watching their numbers and productivity? Jim, good question. Um, because it, it keeps the air, it holds them accountable a lot of times. I mean, people don't want their mistakes to be magnified. They don't want to just feel like they're, I mean, I think people want to feel productive. They want to feel like they're, they're really contributing. And so if I think there's an easy, I mean, just to refer to what the story I told earlier, it's easier to manage a team when you're not paying attention to the numbers, because you can just assume that things are being done correctly. You don't have to dig in too deeply. But once the numbers are magnified, once the call percentage for this week that we've continually not hit at all is prescient, then as a team leader, I'm frustrated the whole week right? Why is my coverage? Why are, why are the schedules that I made that I thought were fine? Terrible. Why, why are there two hour gaps in times where I don't have coverage on the phones? It just, it's one of those things that as a team leader, um, I'm more cognizant of it and it makes it much harder to, to be just proud of the work that you do, right? So in, in the same hand with my salespeople, they don't want to be held accountable for missing calls. I mean, it's, I think it's just human nature to want to be great at your job. And if you're not, to have some sort of excuse lined up for why that is. Very good. I think that you hit a couple really key points. Um, first of all, we can't hide in plain sight. I'm not sure if there's anyone who's been on just a salary and you didn't have a manager that, that actually cared about what you were doing. It's easy to find yourself at the IHOP for breakfast. It's easy to hang out the gas station a little longer, maybe stop and, and uh, you know, and take a little extra time than you know you probably should. So part of cutting down on that is to just let your team know that it's important that they produce, that they contribute to what the company's trying to get, get to, what, what our goals are. So second thing is the big board, it can create some stress. And some technicians don't like being held accountable and going over numbers and you may lose some people. And I, I would say that that's okay. 
because um, again, we're in a business to produce and to get better. And as long as you're holding them to, to attainable goals, you shouldn't have that issue. A lot of times what I see is managers put the goals too high or they want a ridiculous number and then they burn the, their own bridge. So um, very good points. If you, uh, if you want to lead into this more, you know, go to the big clips uh, and the today in trades Facebook channels and talk to each other about how you guys do this effectively. So the last point we're going to make on the podcast today are the three kind of things you can do to inspect what you expect to check on quality as your team starts to be motivated and you see them be more productive. I'm, I'm going to be excited for a lot of you because as you start doing these standing meetings, you're going to see your team doing better and better and better. And you might say to yourself, wow, I didn't even know we could, we could get all this done. And I know we've seen that. And Caleb and I have seen that when you, in our company, when you put, some goals up, all of a sudden everyone starts making them and it's really cool. And uh, so first of all, watch your NPS score, your net promoter score. What are customers saying about you and how well you're doing? You can check your Google reviews. You can, um, you know, watch what people, if they're saying, you're, you know, uh, just watching for quality and then giving your pats on the back during these meetings for times that they went above and beyond. So if someone had maybe a tougher week on productive productivity, but they had three great reviews, talk about the great reviews. Second, number two, spot check your customers. That means call and text them after hours between five and six and you're driving home and say, hey, we were at your house today. You know, how did, how did Jim do on the job? Is there anything we could have done better? Um, one question I like to ask um, is, would you hire Jim if you owned our company? Would you hire him again? Or, or would you, have, would you um, say that he represented what, what we, we say we are? And that's just, people like to talk about that. And, uh, and they actually like to text it more. I'll warn you, people won't tell you how bad things went. They like to text it. So if you can text them or email them, a lot of times they'll give you a lot more direct um, response. Well, and we know from our industry that people are much more keen to give negative feedback than they are positive. Right. Right. It's just, you have to work it's just extra hard common. to get. Yeah. And negative feedback is good. Okay. You, you guys heard about that on the nice job podcast. Negative is good. It gives you a chance to respond. It gives you a chance to be empathetic. It gives you a chance to, to bring it to your team. And it gives you a chance to be real with your customers. And many, many times, Caleb, I've had negative situations turn into lifelong customers by just handling them well. So mm -hmm. that's okay. All, mm -hmm. all feedback is good feedback. And then lastly, randomly show up at job sites. I can't tell you how powerful that is. Show up with a coffee or a piece of, or like some pizza or sandwiches for your team, your technicians, just show up. Are they, are they covering their feet? Is their workspace clean? Are they even there? <laughs> Some of you have all sorts of challenges, mm -hmm. but popping in on jobs is a great way to let them know that you're inspecting what you expect and that you want the quality as much as you want the, the, the production and the high sales numbers, that the quality of work is key. So I hope that those three things helped. Um, again, we talked about knowing your numbers. You got to know them first before you can do any of this. How is your team doing? How's your company doing? Are you sharing your numbers consistently and, um, and repetitively, weekly or monthly? And then lastly, are you leading well? Are you leading by the numbers? Are you also leading in quality? And then finally, employers of choice inspect what they expect. They check on their jobs. They make sure the customers are handled. Um, and that helps create the culture that will retain great technicians. And most importantly, that will find you great technicians. People will want to work for you. Great episode today, Caleb. Um, if you guys need anything, please visit us at bidclips.com. They're our sponsor. This is Today in Trades, and we wish you the best week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>